Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jody Henke. This has been a challenging year for corn farmers, to say the least. Too much rain in the spring, and for some folks, way too much water, led to delayed planting if they got it in the ground at all. Getting corn in the bins, drying it, and maintaining a quality product will be a challenge in some areas. Joining me on this podcast is Ken Hellevang. He's an extension ag engineer at North Dakota State University and a grain drying expert. Ken, first of all, thanks for your time. And uh, my first question is, how do you think this year's weather will impact drying conditions during harvest time? Well, that's always a a puzzle, I guess you might say, that uh, we can start making some guesses or predictions at this point based on corn maturity and long-range weather forecasts. But each year seems to throw us a curveball, and so it ends up that we end up sometimes uh, being on target with our long-range projections, and other times Mother Nature keeps us guessing each week as we go through harvest. We just need to be prepared for for whatever happens. I guess when we look at, at trying to establish some kind of a management strategy, You know, it's always great if we can let Mother Nature dry that corn out in the field, but I think our experience with fall harvest has been variable enough that we really need to be thinking of of using a dryer as part of our management strategy. And so once the corn starts getting in the moisture range of, of the low 20s, certainly we need to be, I think, starting to harvest and dry that grain getting it ready for storage uh, rather than just hoping that weather is going to be good and and we, uh, we'll harvest it later in the year. Why should you not leave corn in the ground as long as you can? Well, there's a couple of things. One is when you look at the amount of uh, harvest losses that occur, uh, they tend to go up as the corn moisture content goes down. Also, when you look at mechanical damage, uh, our combines today, if they're set properly, do a pretty good job of harvesting with very little mechanical damage. But over the years, we've kind of targeted it somewhere in that 20-21% moisture range as being kind of the optimum for minimizing mechanical damage and uh, the more mechanical damage, the more problems we're going to have with drying and storage. And so typically the recommendation is is to get out there and harvest, uh, you know, once the moisture contents are in the low 20s. And it's going to take us quite a few days to accomplish that harvest. And so hopefully it'll gradually continue to dry during the harvest. Uh, if you're in the northern portion of the growing corn uh, region, then, of course, we're starting to look at cooler days, less field drying occurring, and even the potential of, of some uh, early onset of snow or winter conditions as we start delaying into uh, November. And so typically, I think by the latter part of October, we really need to be into full harvest mode. All right. Thanks, Ken. When we come back, we're going to talk about what to do and what not to do when you're drying corn that may be above 21% moisture right after this. Farming isn't just farming. Farming is science. 
Farming is technology. That means it's always changing. So how exactly do you stay up on things when you're already busy? Simple. Just listen to Aspire to Be, the new podcast from The Mosaic Company. Join host Wayne Carlson as he talks to experts from all over agriculture. They'll break down their inside knowledge into easy-to-get, no-nonsense ways that translate right to your operation. Knowledge is power, and luckily, all it takes is listening. So give the podcast a download at aspire2bpodcast.com. That's aspire, the number two, the letter B, podcast.com. Brought to you by The Mosaic Company. So, Ken, if your corn is above 21% moisture when you take it out of the field, what are some of your tips on what to do and what not to do with that corn? Well, we have typically two types of drying. We can either do high-temperature drying or natural air, low-temperature in-bin drying. And if we're doing the natural air, low-temperature in-bin drying, Really, 21% moisture is about the maximum moisture content that we should be thinking of drying. And so right away when we look at moisture contents, 21 and above, I really think that uh, a high-temperature dryer is the type of drying we need to be thinking about. Again, it will vary depending on where we're at in in the corn production region, but... uh, Frequently, with natural air, low-temperature drying, we're not able to accomplish enough drying during the fall to complete that drying process. So we'll have some corn still in the bin at a high moisture content. We need to cool that corn down to temperatures near or just below freezing temperature, hold it over winter, and then finish the drying in the spring. If we go with a high-temperature dryer, then we can complete the drying in the fall and put that corn into storage at recommended storage moisture contents. And so the moisture content is going to really tell us what type of drying we can do, and then we need to also be thinking about what management strategy we want. And costs are part of that, too. How do you figure your your best savings with the high-temp dryer or just letting it sit over the winter and drying it later? It all depends on the the price of propane or gas that we're using. With the low-temperature natural air drying, if it is designed and managed correctly, probably is our most economical system. However, I see a lot of systems that are not uh, either designed correctly or operated correctly, and very quickly we're looking at costs that are equal to or greater than that of a high-temperature dryer. A lot of our high-temperature dryers today are very energy-efficient, and as long as we have reasonable fuel prices, that makes a a very economical option. So I think more and more we're seeing farmers that are shifting to doing high-temperature drying. Some still do the natural air low temp, but I think the trend is more to high-temperature drying. Can you explain what dryeration is? Is that kind of a combination of the two? Well, that's a very good question. Dry aeration really is the process of not completing the drying in the high-temperature dryer. We'll probably dry the corn down to about 17, 17.5% moisture, then bring that corn out of the dryer without doing any cooling, allow it to sit for a period of six hours or thereabouts where 
it gives the moisture time to move from the inside of the kernel to the outside of the kernel. Then we run the aeration system or air system to not only cool the corn, but they we're typically able to pick up about a quarter of a point of moisture removal for every 10 degrees that we cool. So we're probably seeing two and a half and maybe even up to three points of moisture removal in that dry aeration process. However, we're seeing a lot of condensation form on the inside of the bin when we're going through that steeping cycle. So it's critical that that corn be moved to another bin for storage so that we mix the wet and the dry together. We have a lot of people now that are doing something that's kind of related. They'll do the drying, uh, not necessarily allow it to go through the full steep, but they're doing in-bin cooling at a slower rate. With that process, we're seeing still frequently a lot of condensation occurring on the inside of that bin. It'll be off the roof. It'll be along the bin walls. The way to minimize that is to try to limit the temperature difference between corn temperature and air temperature on the outside of the bin. So some of the farmers are, are using a system where they'll do partial cooling in the high-temperature dryer and then finish the cooling and taking off a little moisture in the bin. The bigger the temperature difference between outside temperature and corn temperature, the more problems that we're going to see with condensation. And that has been a major issue uh, across the Corn Belt the last few years, depending on outside conditions. What happens during condensation? If you don't address this, what happens to the corn? We'll end up with corn uh, typically along the bin wall and maybe along the top where that moisture is accumulated, and we'll end up with spoiled grain uh, where that moisture accumulation was enough that it, it actually re-wets the corn, and, and we end up then during the storage period with deterioration taking place. In some cases, it's only a minor amount, and you'll end up with some corn frozen to the outside bin wall, but in many cases, we end up with spoiled grain around the bin wall and across the top of the bin. When we come back, we're going to talk with Ken Hellevang about any other tips he has for farmers who are facing high moisture corn this fall. Farming isn't just farming. Farming is science. Farming is technology. That means it's always changing. So how exactly do you stay up on things when you're already busy? Simple. Just listen to Aspire to Be, the new podcast from The Mosaic Company. Join host Wayne Carlson as he talks to experts from all over agriculture. They'll break down their inside knowledge into easy-to-get, no-nonsense ways that translate right to your operation. Knowledge is power, and luckily, all it takes is listening. So give the podcast a download at aspire2bpodcast.com. That's aspire, the number two, the letter B, podcast.com. Brought to you by The Mosaic Company. Ken, what other tips do you have for getting this corn crop into the bins this fall due to just the challenges of late planting and moisture and all that sort of thing that we haven't already discussed? One of the things that we we frequently say is that as we're looking at uh, harvest, drying, and storage, that it's important for us to understand the principles that are involved. 
We need to understand the equilibrium moisture content. We need to understand the drying process, what causes condensation. All of these things then allow us to then properly manage whatever Mother Nature is throwing at us. And as we see more and more automation, uh, automation is a tool that can help us. We have temperature cables. We have moisture sensors. But it does not replace understanding what's taking place and applying the appropriate management strategy. That's the thing that I find somewhat frustrating from a storage and harvest standpoint is that we have farmers putting in a lot of effort into corn variety selection and and growing a wonderful crop, but then when it comes to harvest, uh, somehow we are not putting in the same amount of effort to totally understand the fundamentals of grain drying and storage and then applying those principles. And if we do that, then we're going to have a successful harvest drying storage period. So many of the fiascos that I hear of are because people didn't understand or got a little bit lazy in applying those principles, which then leads to problems. Where can people learn about those principles? The best the course is to go to the uh, universities that have educational websites or other material available, and there are quite a few locations out there. I, of course, have a, a website that people can find just by doing a search for NDSU, grain drying and storage, and, and it goes through all of the different fundamentals, airflow, and the variety of things that, that a person needs to know. Uh, Industry provides uh, a fair amount of expertise as well, but one of the things to keep in mind is that it does need to be applied by what your local climate and conditions are. Uh, I'd say that we get by doing things in North Dakota that they can't necessarily do in Iowa or Ohio because of different climatic conditions. And the same thing is true going the other way, that because of our shorter growing season here, we have to handle things differently in North Dakota than what they do in Iowa or Nebraska. And I end up providing education and assistance pretty much across the Corn Belt, and that's one of the things that I keep in mind as I'm dealing with farmers and industry is that make sure you understand the local conditions, the local climate, and then apply the fundamentals to that situation. All right. Ken Hellevang of North Dakota State University, thanks again for sharing your expertise with us on drying corn this fall. For Successful Farming, I'm Jody Henke.